I'm sure most of you have heard uh, two police officers were shot in Compton, California, point-blank range. Somebody just came up to their vehicle. And um, we're living in a, um, a lawless atmosphere. Um, leaders are lawless. And people are lawless. And they're enjoying it. But God is greater, amen. So we're going to pray for God to heal these two people. I understand one of them is a woman, a mother of two children. And um, it's an animal that shoots a woman, especially one in authority at point black range. You know, you have to be some kind of crazy person to take your authority figures and feel like you have authority over them. Amen. But God has given us authority over all the works of darkness. And so we're going to ask God to not let this dark act prevail, to heal these two people and raise them up. And allow them to live. They have a right to life. So, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come before your throne. You will find mercy and grace to help us in the time of need. Thank you, Lord, for your shed blood. Because it cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You said in your word that the prayers of the righteous avail much. We ask you to forgive our sins, cleanse our hearts and our minds, that we might hear you clearly, that we might petition your throne for the lives of these two individuals and for their total health, and also, Lord, for restoration of law and order in this nation. For surely it is way out of control, and it has been for quite some time where leaders are encouraging and tolerating lawlessness, and it it brings a a sense of uh, insecurity to people in the nation. And so, Father, we don't want these things to escalate into full-scale war and blood in the streets, but it's already uh, beyond what is tolerable, especially in your eyes. And we agree with you for peace and safety in our neighborhoods, peace and safety in our hearts. Father, we thank you to cause these two individuals to recover totally from their wounds. You said you uh, you would see our hear our prayers, see our tears, and heal us. You'll restore health to us and heal all of our wounds. So I thank you for healing these two officers. I thank you, Lord, that this whoever this person is. Let them be apprehended before the day is over, Lord. Don't let them continue to run free. We thank you, Lord, to bind their, uh, close up every door that would try to cause them to, to be secure and to be away from, uh, custody. We command they be placed in custody right now in Jesus' name. Satan, we take authority over you and your, uh, lawless spirit. And we bind your, your, uh, a killing spirit your assassination spirits we break your power over this nation and over these people in jesus name i thank you father that you have caused uh, us to be at peace you said that if we would would uh, pray for those who are in authority over us we would lead peaceful lives in all lawfulness. And so we thank you, Lord, for lawfulness to come back into this nation. I thank you, Lord, for peace in these cities where people have known nothing but turmoil. And I thank you, Father, to end this violence against our law enforcement people because they are your ministers for good. So we thank you, Father, and we bless you 
for this opportunity to pray for them. And we thank you for that we will uh, not let you rest until they have total health and healing. So we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen. Amen again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So we expect to hear a good report. Amen. And we'll keep thanking God whenever you think about them. Just thank God for their healing and thank him for a good report from the hospital, from the doctors, and for a sense of security to their families. That's very painful. That's a, the the phone call no law enforcement family ever wants to hear. Amen. And so we, we thank God to heal that family, their families as well. Praise God. Amen. All right, well, let's get into the word. Lord, we thank you for your word and for understanding. Thank you, Lord, for a resurrection power in life, which you give to us freely uh, from your throne and by the power of the blood of your son. So we thank you, Lord, that resurrection power is ours in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God. So yesterday uh, we began talking about uh, what about the nature of resurrection power it's the same power that raised christ from the dead god says it also makes alive our mortal bodies amen so our mortal bodies are made alive with a power that is beyond amen is beyond every uh, human power ever known ever known to man uh, i was um Many years ago, there uh, get these uh, people, investigators, um, uh, anthropologists, and people like that begin to investigate uh, the Shroud of Turin. And I know many of you have heard of it. If you have not, it is believed to be the burial cloth of Jesus Christ. And one of the things that that is unique about this uh, shroud is that it has the image of a man imprinted on it. And that image looks like some of the depictions of Christ, but also nobody can tell you what made the image. Amen. Uh, This image is imprinted in cloth that was typical of of what they used during that time uh but the the image of the man that's an outline of the face and details and all that stuff is it's not ink and it's not charcoal it's a substance unknown to man nobody's been ever been able to figure out what it is they know for a fact that it came into the imprint was made by an intense power that left markings in the cloth but it didn't burn the cloth and so it's whatever it was uh, came forced its way through that cloth and pressed in on it into the form of that face there but it didn't burn it, but they know it's it was burned in. They can tell by the nature of the cloth that it was burned in, and, and it, it's a heat force, but it didn't burn the cloth at all. It left the imprint of it there. And so many of the anthropologists feel that that's evidence of the resurrection. They When they ask people, well, what power is it, they say it's the resurrection. And so they believe that when God raised Jesus from the dead, he quickened him, and that power 
went into him and made the imprint of his face, but it didn't uh, burn that cloth. And Jesus took that cloth off of him and got up out of the tomb. Amen. And so we have some evidence there. Uh, people don't, they can't tell what it is. It's unknown. They've been trying to test it to see, but there's no power like it that they've ever, you know, none of the laser stuff. It's way beyond laser. Amen. And so when we think about the resurrection power, it can burn things that are not pertinent to what it's sent to do. Like, for instance, if you, if God sends his power into your body to heal you, it will seek out your organs for healing. But as it begins to work in your body, it won't damage any other structures. Whereas a surgeon can't guarantee you that. You got me? They say, well, once we open, we won't know exactly what we're dealing with till we open you up. Amen. Uh, I was listening to a testimony. Brother Hagen uh, <clears throat> was talking about some of the healing schools that they had done in the past. And he was saying how God's healing power, uh, people, like when you're in the atmosphere of healing many times, you know by faith uh when you can receive your healing and he said there was a woman sitting there in the audience and uh, he said he just saw her reach up and grab touch something and she began to remove a feeding tube from her nose and he said that she came up and testified later that god told her just receive your healing and when she knew she was healed she began to well the feeding tube was in because they had uh, uh, nicked her esophagus while they were they did a thyroid surgery, and accidentally cut her esophagus. And they had given her eleven surgeries since then to correct it. Couldn't correct it. She was still eating from a feeding tube. And so he said, when she came up, he said her neck was stiff with scars. You could see he said all eleven scars could be seen on her neck but she was able to go to the restaurant right after the meeting he says she ate two mexican dinners <laughs> anybody ever been to tulsa you seen that monterey mexico restaurant right across from oru or whatever and uh yeah she went over there and ate two mexican dinners so yeah she's healed see she hadn't been able to swallow food they said in, in almost a year since she started having those surgeries so just because somebody can offer you a natural remedy, it does not mean it's going to fix things for you. I mean, we can pray that it does, and if if that's where your faith is, you can ask God to help that process. But sometimes people don't get that opportunity to do that. She didn't get that opportunity. But the resurrection of power of God came in and was able to restore what she needed to have restored but also it didn't damage anything else in her body like the surgery did amen and so we have to understand that god has given us see when you realize who you are how precious you are to god why wouldn't he give you authority over everything that hurts you 
Why wouldn't he make sure that you could stay healthy and stay whole? Why wouldn't he keep you in the best of health with his word? See, the word of God doesn't really need any help in order to bring to pass. The Bible says it won't return to me void, and it won't return to me and say, I need help doing this. What it'll do, it'll accomplish what God sends it out to accomplish. So when the word of health is sent out, then that word accomplishes itself. It accomplishes healing because it was sent out to do that. That's the other thing about resurrection power. It's discreet. It will do exactly what it's assigned to do. Amen? So that's why it's very important that we speak what we desire, that we... uh, Make our make up our minds that we're going to use our faith and use our voice to accomplish things that we want to see happen. And we're not just sitting around waiting on anything to happen to us. We're, it's not open to chance. It's very specific what it is that we desire. And when we use God's word, even if what we if our prayer is imperfect, if our understanding of what we want isn't quite perfect, God knows to read the thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows what our heart desires, even the unspoken things. Amen. He will make sure that our heart's desires are fulfilled. And so that's part of what resurrection power does. It it lifts us up from problems it lifts us up from the things that overwhelm us it lifts us up into a heavenly uh, seating with christ jesus amen it's the same power that raised him up well we were raised up with him when he got raised we got raised because we're in christ and so when when we understand our seating and our position then we can understand better the things that belong to us are guaranteed because of what God has empowered us with, what he's released into our care, what he's released into our lives. Uh, these things are, are above and beyond all the powers of darkness. They really, really are. It's, it's good for us to remi- remind ourselves of that. And I think we will be better stewards of the power of God and not uh, stand idly by when we see things going on that can be changed with this power. That's why the Bible tells us that we ought always to pray and not give up. You know, don't faint, don't lose heart, but always pray because the greater power is at our disposal when we pray. When we release our faith in God's word, that greater power is at our disposal. It doesn't matter how long it takes for these things to be corrected. Like right now, we're seeing if if you are watching, you know, if you're watching mainstream media news, you're not going to get a lot of the the things that, that we see as answers to prayer. But for the last, I would say, 18 to 24 ever since that wall started going up on the southern border there have been more um, human trafficking rings brought to justice and more young children uh, released from their custody than ever before and and this is why the devil didn't want the wall built you got it because that's his 
his game is to take children away from parents uh, to get and he does a lot with that in this um, immigration illegal immigration thing uh, because it, it was shocking to see how many parents were sending their children with other adults they when they would get them when they would apprehend them they couldn't find out was this your child well where's your papers what's their name they didn't even know these children and so they were being sent with adults that weren't their parents. Why? Where are they going? Who's going to take care of them? You understand what I'm saying? And so in, in, in some parents gave those children up, but some of them just picked up kids and just brought them to be given to witches and warlocks, people who sacrificed children and abused them. That's what they were there for. And so one of the things that we have to understand when we pray is that we are not praying in vain i don't care how long it takes this resurrection power is going to bring life to these situations it's going to bring light where there's evil it's going to bring relief to people who are who are bound amen and that what jesus said about the anointing he says i'm here to bind up the brokenhearted to recover sight to the blind to heal their wounds and so when whenever the resurrection power of god is enlisted it brings healing it brings release from captivity it sets people free you know this isn't just something we want to see happen because we don't have anything better to do but pray for you understand what i'm saying we are operating in a power that is the greatest power in the universe and it can't be stopped it can't be stopped by anything because if the devil would kill one of us, somebody else will be raised up to pray that same prayer. You understand what I'm saying? They, it doesn't stop. God knows how to raise up new people. He knows how to bring people that, that he needs to have do things. Amen. I, I was thinking the other day, I said, Lord, I thank you for the people who have been in this ministry like forever. Who don't quit, who understand what they're called to do. And it's not like we run around and talk about it all the time, or but it's something inside you. You know what you're supposed to be doing with your time, and you're obedient to do it. You understand? This is not like a feel-good situation. It's not something that you just get involved in for the fun of it. And when the fun's over, you go find something else fun to do. It's a commitment. Amen? It's a calling. And you know what you're called to do, and you stay faithful to it. So I thank God for you amen because it's important to me it's important to god it's important to his kingdom that people stay faithful to what they're called to do and and just understand that god appreciates it amen because he's got somebody down here that he can look down every saturday and every sunday and see them doing what he's called them to do and that it's a blessing it really really is a blessing so anyway how do we get the power resurrection power to to work for us now it's a power that's under god's direction it's it cannot be controlled by humanity so what we have to do is learn how to cooperate with the resurrection power of god and that's what jesus is teaching us he said take my yoke upon you learn about me you know he says i do the heavy lifting my yoke is easy my burden is light so when you operate in resurrection power that's the experience you get you you'll pray and you you stay disciplined to the prayer 
but it's not like you gotta give up your life you know what i'm saying uh we're not restricted terribly you know you got two days a week you give four hours of each day to the lord and and you know some people more some people less as between you and god but you give that time to the lord and look at the great things that are accomplished when you give that just that little bit of time to him to use you and use your faith and use your words to set in motion the things that he needs to have set in motion uh in this earth so so when we talk about healing and, and the resurrection power to bring forth health how do we get this power to work to heal us well the first thing is through the word you have to put your confidence in god's word because that is god the word was with god and the word was god so god and his word are the same uh, when the word comes to life uh, it comes up off that page by the power of the holy spirit and so putting your faith in the word is what brings about the power of god to manifest the bible talks about those uh israelites refuse to mix the word with faith so the word is there you mix your faith with it through reading it embracing it saying yes to it meditating on it taking it with you until it becomes a part of you and then you speak that word and the power behind that word is resurrection power and it will cause that life to manifest in any life that is not like it will fade in the background amen or will uh, uh, be dissipated or will flee and so when resurrection power comes on the scene you need to know that every single other power has to bow to that there's nothing how higher and there's nothing greater the other thing that you that you need to understand is that even though that power moves through us it is still under god's control so sometimes god just needs to get us to speak things so that he can take over from there and cause it to manifest and i think that's more in in keeping with what really happens when you pray and you release your faith in a scripture say for instance you're praying for health and you begin to thank god that that you are healed by jesus stripes then god receives that word that you speak and he begins to release the power that needs to be released to do the job to get that job completed what you need to do and accept is that once you believe by faith that you've received what it is that you pray for you can have what you say it will it will happen god will cause it he will bring it to pass and so what you're doing is you're cooperating with god in that you want it in your life that's why you got to pray the faith has to it has to be your faith given over to his power and that's how he locates where you are so that he can bring it to you amen you wanted a yoke garage 
You want it in your house. You want it in your life. So you got to release your faith in order for it to come back to you. Because it will be delivered to the one who's holding on to it by faith. Your faith is your receipt for what it is that you're asking God for and what you're expecting. And so your job is to keep your expectation out there. And you do it in many ways. We do it by thanking God. Sometimes we do it just just go about being busy, obeying God, doing other things. You're not sitting at home waiting on something to drop into your lap. And, you know, your life isn't on hold until you get something from God. That's not the way we live. And so as long as you're carrying the receipt for it in your heart by faith, God knows where to deliver it to it when it's time. It'll 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 manifest in its season. Amen. Everything that we ask for is not instant. Amen. Some things can be, but many things are are a process. Uh, um, expectation is is kind of funny. You know, you can <clears throat> desire something, and in your mind, you've already set up when it's going to happen. You understand what I'm saying? Like the woman with the issue of blood said within herself, the minute I touch him, I'm going to be made whole. Amen. And so the faith was there to make her whole the minute she touched him. Amen. Because she's sick of being sick. So many times that when you disconnect from the natural and you put all your marbles in the middle of the circle, you know, it's all or nothing. Many times God will manifest in the manner that you demand. You know, sometimes it's a demand that your faith makes on the situation. Amen? Then there's some times when there's some things that, that you you know might take time because you want them to be on a slow. Huh? Like if you believe it for your dishes to wash supernaturally... You know that's gonna take some time because you ain't no big dishwasher. Now, well, I can. Well, it ain't that bad. It's just a couple dozen of them falling out the sink, huh? Or some things we know need be done, but we're not that enthusiastic, not pressed. You know, uh, the Bible does say we shouldn't make haste, and and God will give us peace about things. So when you pray. Uh, the Bible says through prayer and supplication, make your request known and get his peace. Once you get his peace, the pressure's off for it. And it's kind of like you know it's going to come, but you're not in a rush for it. Amen. And so that's really how the process operates. And so once you have God's peace about it, you know it's on the way. Amen. You know it's going to get here, but you're not in a rush about it. Amen. You're not in a rush about it. People get in a rush when they don't trust the people that they're expecting to do something for. Like how your kids treated you. Mommy, mommy, I want it. Mommy, mommy, let me have it. Let me have it. Because they know chances they're working against a power that's bigger than they are. And if you're not in tune with what they want, they're going to have to put some extra pressure on you to get it. True. Amen. So all I'm saying is the more we trust God, the less pressure we have to put on him to give it to us right now. See, that takes the right now out of things. And I think God 
wants us to mature to the part point where we don't want everything right now where we live by confidence and trust in him that when we ask he will deliver and he'll deliver in due season amen there are times when if we get too much too fast we're overwhelmed with the responsibility of it see a lot of times your faith is doing things but there's a natural component to it as well you can you can start gathering things just because you have the ability to get them and then you wind up overwhelmed with them you got to take care of everything amen and so we have to understand that god's ultimate is that we would have peace with everything that is in our lives and sometimes that peace really means waiting on certain things to make sure our hearts are open and prepared for the responsibility of what's going to come with that. Amen. You know, a lot of times women get mad at men because men seem like they can wait forever for certain things. And we figure yesterday wasn't soon enough, you know. And so, so you got to kind of blend the two of them uh, because you, the woman's fear is that the man's going to wait and it's going to be too late. I knew it. Missed our chance to mess everything up like I wanted to. Amen. <laughs> so so we, we have to understand that there is some wisdom on both sides. There are some things that really don't need to wait and, and there are some things that really do. You know, uh, because sometimes people are looking at the long haul, the long view. What's this going to cost me? How much does this go? You know, that's where the way a man thinks is bottom line. What's it going to cost me to take care of it? You know, do, can I afford it? Am I still going to be able to get in my man cave when I want to? That's the main thing they protecting. Amen. Yeah, when you see them find a little corner somewhere where they put the TV in there and Get the remote control and the recliner. Just get suspicious, okay? Make sure you get what you want out of them before they get that set up. Too good. Because that's where they're going to park for the rest of the duration. But but you have to understand that people want to live. They want to live. They want to live in peace. They want to enjoy their lives. And so they have an idea of what it's going to take for them to have an enjoyable life. And so that has to be considered. And many times when we're seeking God for something, he's not just considering what we want, but he's considering what other significant people in the situation want as well. We just can't run over people and make them do things for us and then expect that to be okay with them you know what i'm saying and so you you have to believe that god takes everything into account you know Uh, everybody's happiness everybody's contentment he has to do it in a way where everybody's satisfied so we get this power to work for us first of all by meditating on the word find something you want from god that that's always step number one what do you want from god and so if it's health then you find scripture that tells you that healing belongs to you until you're convinced that sickness is a trespasser and healing is is your rightful inheritance that it you have a right to it it belongs to you it's already been given and once you understand that 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 health has already been given to you then use the resurrection power to resist sickness 
So it's up to us to resist sickness. And what do I mean when I say that? I mean you've got to speak to it like it's an enemy. You've got to speak to it and command it to leave. You've got to speak to it. See, you can't keep going to God and telling God, I want this and I want that. And Look at what the devil's doing. At some point, you must use that resurrection power to say yes or no to whatever it is that you want in your life. And that's the other part of it. Resurrection power works on your decision to do the will of God or your decision to invite the will of God into your life. So when you invite the will of God into your life, you must also of necessity resist the devil. Now, why is it that some people just always go to God for what they want and don't ever address the devil ma'am well for one reason it could be because they don't understand authority they don't understand spiritual authority and they don't understand what's going on <clears throat> going on in their situation one of the things that i look for when when people get involved in this ministry and uh is is for a level of growth so that they can begin to discern what's their responsibility and what's God's responsibility and so it say for instance if symptoms attack you and you you wake up and you start talking to God I know you only got a piece of the puzzle got me because if you if your spirit is trained to respond appropriately to different situations you'll then begin to address uh, the appropriate aspect in 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 your speaking you can't keep talking to god about something he's already accomplished for you amen you you have to take authority because because your words say yes or no to whatever it is that's trying to come into your life and if you truly believe that you don't wrestle against flesh and blood but you wrestle against principalities and powers you'll start to to take authority over those and work against those powers so that the will of god then can manifest so it it just depends on your position and how you see things if you see yourself as healed and this is what the truth of it is if you see yourself as healed and the devil is trying to take your health away from you then you will take authority over the devil if you see yourself as sick and you want god to do something about it you'll address god so so you got to have the right perspective now in order to use the power that's just like if i bought a gun and i went around just shooting everything i see well i've got power but i don't know how to use it effectively see we all have the power in us but it's up to us to learn how to use it effectively so if i say well well, something is bothering me is something my life isn't right and i just take off shooting everything i've got power but i don't have discernment i don't have wisdom i don't have knowledge i don't have understanding 
And so I'm a loose cannon running around shooting everything, hoping to end this difficulty in my life. But if you understand what what God has done in resurrection power, if it's the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you, then that power has already driven out sickness's right to be there. So it's driven it out legally, even though you may still have symptoms and a diagnosis. See, that power's working in you already. It's deposited in you. But it can only be released at your word. So God is waiting on us to use the word of release so that power can continue to drive out the residue of what's left over from our old life. So that's why I tell people, I said, Christians can't, obedient Christians can't have disease. Now you can't have health and and disease too. You don't have high blood pressure. You don't have diabetes. You don't have any of these things. What you have is a residue of symptoms from the old life. Just like if you're, if you, the young single people, Howard turned that smoke down. It's smelling too good in here. I saw it coming in and cracking the door. <laughs> That's just the devil trying to distract me. I bind you smoke. Find that smoke. But uh where was I? I got distracted. Oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Miss Nola. <laughs> but young people they wanna they love it, not coming to church so they can go into the world and see what sinners do. You know, they think they this hey, making me go to church. Making me you want to get made to do something, you get tangled up with the devil. Huh? You have your mind so screwed up you think you can't quit doing anything. But you can. Because you're not dealing, once you're born again and the, and the resurrection power resides in you, you can't quit, not quit doing something. Because what you're talking about is the power of God that raised him from the dead versus the ashes of your old life that all you got to do and blow them and they don't bother you anymore. Just a puff of God's power will get rid of the desire to do wrong. Problem is people like their stupid flesh. They think it's cute and funny. Until the law starts looking for them or somebody kidnap them, put them in the trunk of a car, and they can't find you for three days. Do you understand? That's what the devil does to little Christian kids that like to play around in the world. So keep praying for them. God's mercy will keep them from being a statistic and a fatality. But... Many times we give evil too much power in our lives. It ain't that strong. Not with the the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Are you kidding me? And you can't get over some little lust devil that bugs you? 
huh? Or or some temptation to to want to uh, uh, you know cheat on your money or do funny things with your bank account and all this kind of crazy stuff. You're always looking for loopholes to get more out of something. <laughs> I was dealing. I told y'all about dealing with these fraudulent credit card things. And I try to give people that money back, and they won't take it. They say, oh, no, ma'am, that's your money. I'm going to send you a check for the rest of it so you won't be bothered with this showing up on your statement from month to month. Now, the devil owes us. I just look at it this way. I say, well, God, they must have been stealing from me or something. I say, because I'm trying to get these people his money back and it's still coming in. I got something on the, somebody, I told somebody, I said, look, I bought you so-and-so. Uh, uh, here it is. And I remember when the package came, I got a notice from, from Amazon and, uh, they said, we vision you a refund check for same thing I just gave to somebody. Now I know she got it. They refunded. You know, you get on there and say, uh, you know, this is not a, but no, no, our records show this is, it was, it's a refund. We weren't able to deliver it. You know, people like that. You love them, but you hate them. I love Amazon, but I hate Amazon. Because I know they're stealing from somebody somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? But God will show you that. I remember when he told me to tell tell everybody to watch your money because the devil is running out of it and he's stealing. And I've been dealing with getting these fraudulent reports off. They got me at different addresses in Florida. I'm thinking, well, is it a mansion or what kind of property is this? might be me i don't know you know it's crazy stuff but i know god's straightening it out see he's bigger that's resurrection power see the devil tries to take you down and take your credit and take your name and take your reputation and then resurrection power rebuilds it for you and then and devil hates paying christians anything i got news for you he don't like us having nothing of his he likes stealing it and making us think we're enjoying him stealing it. But he hates it when we get it back. See? When you get your refund, he hates it. Because he's broke and stupid. So, we release resurrection power through our words. We must speak the word of God. You just can't say what you want shopping list you must meditate on the word of god so that the word becomes a part of you you mix your faith with it so that when you confess the word it is god's power expressing your desire so when you confess the word confess means to say together with you can't create something you want out of nowhere and expect God to give it to you. We're covenant people. We're not thieves and robbers. 
So we say together with God. It keeps us out of covetousness because you need to get in the word for yourself and find out what God has for you. You don't go shopping in your neighbor's life and decide you want what they got and think God's supposed to give it to you. Resurrection power. See, resurrection power is the highest form of light in the universe. That shroud that that the shroud that the image is burned into proves that there is a power greater than laser greater than atomic power would blow it to shreds but atomic power wouldn't leave that cloth intact and so this power is the greatest power in the universe but it lives in people whose bodies are still fragile you understand what i'm saying mortal bodies but it also expresses in a discreet fashion against things that are not like it, things of darkness. So in other words, resurrection power never fights itself. That's why you're not going to win arguing with another Christian. You're not going to win striving with one another. God's not going to tell me to shut up so that you can get up here and talk you understand what i'm saying he's not going to take from my life to give to you i don't care if i stole from you you understand me god settles these things him his fight power does not fight itself now we try to get it to do that but if you try to fight a a a child of god and you're operating in a power that God doesn't allow, you're already in darkness. So God will will encourage you to step over. That's what conviction is. You can convict no, that's wrong. You just shut up. You lead him along. You understand what I'm saying? So so conviction comes to get you to stop the darkness and get back over into light where you belong amen so god will not have us fight one another i don't care who thinks they're right you know how people get in these converse controversies doctrine you know my doctrines straight and yours is crooked well we just can't sit up and argue with each other over these things because light will not fight light resurrection power will not fight itself so somebody gonna have to shut up and repent and just leave the argument. You understand what I'm saying? Ask God to forgive you, and not God. You show them. No, 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 no. You need to see something if that's the way you feel. You understand? I mean, you know, when people are immature, we say all kind of crazy things. I've done it before, because I thought being right was the most important thing in the world until God showed me I was crazy. Huh? You're not trying to help anybody when you're trying to be right. Trying to win an argument. So we need to know the sickness is less powerful than God's word. God's word is eternal sickness because it's from the temporal realm. Sickness really is the paycheck for disobedience. And it can be canceled when one gets into obedience so it must be a lesser power 
anything that's lesser is subject to change and will be eliminated. So you need to know that when you go pray for somebody, I don't care what the diagnosis is and what label they put on it or how deep they sit and how many days and hours they give them. Once you begin to employ resurrection life and power into that situation, sickness must move out of the way and give way to health, healing, and wholeness. There's no two ways about it. So when this power meets against another power that opposes it, that other power's got to cave in. I don't care how how long it's been there. I don't care what it is. You bind that stuff up. You forbid it to make any more progress. You command it to shrink, shrivel up, and die. You command it to cease and desist. You arrest it. You tell it it can't get loose anymore and stop doing this. That's what resurrection power does. And so once you start to step into the arena of using this power, you have to stay with this power. I don't care what happens. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how, uh, you know, depressing or discouraging the report is. Once you pick up this power, you stay with this power. And you go with it wherever it leads you. Amen. So sickness is less powerful than God's word. Amen. God was the one who spoke the curse. So he can remove it. The devil never spoke nothing. He just carries it out where he gets an opportunity to. So he's under orders too. He can't do nothing no more than God lets him do. Amen? So these things may loom and and may look large and may look foreboding and threatening. Amen? The curse is really just you getting paid for who you or your boss is. You can start working for God anytime you want to and cancel the devil's assignment in your life. Now, why are we so threatened by these things? You know, have to, you, most of us don't stick with one thought for more than 15 minutes. You need to cheat on the devil and go worship God. So well, we say the resurrection power must be directed at a lesser power, a less powerful life. Light cannot fight light but darkness fights darkness all the time because the devil loves to strive he loves to overpower you know the devils have a uh they work in a hierarchy they're lesser ones and more powerful ones so they boss each other around amen but but god releases his power into that to cause it not to exist anymore. Amen? To cause it to totally dissipate and not be effective against people. And that's why you want to operate in this this um, this power. So sickness was part of the penalty for sin, for disobedience. And it cannot be levied against us because Jesus took it. So really, sickness cannot be found for the believer. You got me? It cannot be found. Jesus took it. There aren't two editions of it. It's one. You get one penalty 
for sin. Once that's removed, it's not there anymore. The penalty doesn't exist anymore. So Jesus took it. It says he bore our sickness. He took it. He carried it. He carried it away. Where did he take it to? None of your business. Because if you knew that, you try to figure out a way to say it was still there. The secret things belong to the Lord. Amen. But we're responsible for what's revealed. What's revealed is how to, to get your healing and get symptoms out of your body. Amen. That's what's revealed. So you focus on what's revealed. You don't care where that sickness went. I'm telling you it don't exist for the believer. Well, how come I, I feel this way and how come I get this way? Because you need to get resurrection power working in you. We still have symptoms. Sometimes we still have got to take a pill for this or a pill for that. But the Bible says to attend to your. <laughs> you just got to give it attention again. I guarantee you, sometimes once you start feeling better, you can go for months or days without even thinking about. That's mm-hmm. just the way things are. Amen. But... Once you get sick and tired of being sick and tired, one day you wake up and you say, God, let's take care of this. What do I need to do to just take care of this and get this out of my life? Amen. And mostly, it's really just to give it more attention, like you really want it. So that's on you. You know, if if you want to go slow track, fast track, however you want to do it, that's according to your faith. You you can make that decision. Nobody's going to condemn you because you take a pill. You understand what I'm saying? But it, as long as it's not replacing the word. You got me? So it, my thing is find out, get yourself a nice little pattern of addressing God every day regarding your health. Something like that. And just begin to thank him for it and begin to bless his name and thank him. Thank you, Father, that I am healed. I thank you. And Satan, I curse these remaining symptoms in the name of Jesus. You're just symptoms. See, this is why sometimes we can live like that. Because we know it's not real. If I really thought heart disease was going to kill me, I'd be on it. You understand what I'm saying? But if I back off and take a slow and just... Thank God for healing me. Curse these symptoms. Symptoms, you must leave me in Jesus. If I do that on a daily basis, it's because I know there's no power there. It's got. It's not real in the sense that it's going to harm me. Now, if that's not how you think, you need to get there. You know, it's it's better to fess up before God and say, God, I'm not thinking like that. I want to think like that. And see, but what you need to do is get yourself in the Word and convince yourself that you're already healed. And the symptoms become a nuisance. Like. You know, the mouse that you can't catch. 
you know what I'm saying? He in the wood, the the uh, the woodwork somewhere, but he know he better not come out because I'm gonna kill him. Better not let me see him. Better not start making problems for me. See, that's the way we we should be about symptoms. You got me. So it becomes your decision how you want to live with the word. Now, I believe in in pursuing and killing and get rid of it. But then there's a part of me that says, well, you know, sometimes people can live with certain things with a little treatment here and there. That's up to them. See what I'm saying? According to your faith, you have some leeway. Everybody's going to employ some physical comfort things in their life to alleviate suffering, keep that you're functional. You don't have to stop work. You don't have to stop going anywhere. You don't have to stop doing anything. So why harass yourself? You understand what I'm saying? It's just... Let's just chill, okay? And know that it will happen. Amen. It will come to pass. Every single symptom that's a trespasser in your body must leave at some point. Amen. And so if you can take the time pressure off of it, you can help yourself. But make sure you know that you know that you know that you are healed and you're only dealing with symptoms. If you're scared, it's an indication you don't believe you're healed. You got me? If you're at peace, you know you're healed. So if you're scared, then you you attack the fear. And then you get yourself in the word so that you are fully persuaded that what God has promised you, he's able to perform. And you receive the atonement by faith, and legally you are healed. See, if you're healed legally, then the devil can't lay any charges against you. Well, you know... You smoked all your life, and that's why you got this lung disease. Mm-hmm. Or you, you're HIV positive. You understand what I'm saying? That's why you didn't. No, it's not. Now, that person that that used to be true of was nailed to the tree. That person's not alive anymore. The life I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who has healed me of all disease. Well, what kind of God would he be to call you saved and then let you be sick the rest of your life because of something you did? What's your salvation doing for you? Huh? And the Bible says, if Christ be not raised from the dead, we are yet in our sins. But he's raised from the dead. I have evidence of that dwelling inside of me. So I'm walking evidence that he's raised from the dead. So legally speaking, I am healed. There's no sin that can bring me out of health. 
Because if I confess my sins, he's faithful and just to forgive and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Sickness is a penalty for sin. It's unrighteousness. Unrighteous people live like that. I'm not like that. Legally speaking, because of what he did. Amen? And so when we understand the ground that we're standing on, huh? We're on holy ground. Jesus has put us on holy ground because of our covenant with God. Not because we do everything right. It's because of our covenant with God. We're on holy ground. And the evil one touches us not. Not in, in symptoms, not in sickness, not, it's, all symptoms are trespassing. So the evil one touches us not. He has no legal right to touch us. Jesus bore the penalty for all of our sin. I don't care what it was. So then why do I have, well, I don't know if to call it sickness or symptoms or what, why do I have that? Huh? I don't know why, but I know how to get rid of it. You use your resurrection. See, the why of things gets you into more trouble than the remedy. Huh? If, if, if I found Chuck in a ditch somewhere in her car, I'm not going to come up here and say, Chuck, why are you in this ditch? How'd you get over in here? And she's all crushed up and everything. If I'm worth anything, I'm going to try to get her out of there. She could care less and I could care less why she got in there, how she got in there. All you want to do is get out. Huh? Yes. Like the the uh, the little guy, the guy in the temple who was born blind. Remember him? And he's oh boy, trying to get healed in a religious atmosphere. It's like pulling teeth, but Jesus healed him. And the first thing the Pharisees want to know: who sinned to cause him to be born blind? Huh? Who? Who did it? Him or his parents? And Jesus said, neither. Ooh. Ooh. See, you go into mental shock when, when resurrection power hits the carnality of questioning reasons why. Your, your brain hits a wall like that and bounces off. You can't even think for three days. You try to go deep into the things of God and figure out why it is, why it is, why it is. No, secret things belong to God. He just tells you how to get rid of it. Would you rather know that? You know, people say, well, how, how did so-and-so lose all their money? I don't know, but they got it back again. I know they rich now. End of story. Huh? All of that other stuff means nothing. It's the end result that we're interested in. And that should be that way in your life and everybody's life. We should not be interested in in somebody's sin and how they got in the jam they're in. You know, that ain't your business. Your business is to do what God tells you to do for them in the now. Delving into all that ain't going to help you. It's not going to help you to help them to get them out of trouble. 
Now, at some point, once they're free, God might take them aside and say, now, listen, let me tell you how we're going to straighten you up here. You're going to quit doing this, 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 and this, and I'm going to help you. Amen? And you're not going to wind up losing everything over and over and over again. That ain't cool either. But until God opens that door for that counsel to come, you leave that door shut. And you minister deliverance to people. You minister health to people. You minister wholeness to people. You're going to pray for a sick person and constantly telling them why they're sick. He bore the blame, too. So the power, the resurrection power is always directed against darkness. And darkness comes from this world's system. Since sickness is a work of darkness and not light, we need to know that God did not create sickness. It is a byproduct of disobedience. Amen? But it's our wages for living a sinful life but jesus came and paid those wages for us so once you accept him you accept the fact that that penalty has been paid and you go free legally sickness has no place in your life amen that you got to accept that by faith you've got to use your faith in the resurrection power to push sickness off of your life once and for all amen so sickness is a consequence of disobedience to his law it's manufactured in darkness and in iniquity but if we come to him he becomes the god who heals us when you come to christ there's only healing in him for you not sickness anymore you got me He releases us from the lesser power of darkness and begins to cause us to increase in the greater power of his resurrection. So as you take on more of the word, more faith in the word, more confidence in the word, you'll find more of your symptoms begin to drop off because they can't stay. They cannot stay in the face of resurrection power. We begin to hear and see and understand, and that's when your healing is in effect. Matthew thirteen fifteen, that that they begin to see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, be converted, and I heal them. And he says that can happen at any time. So you put yourself on slow track, you put yourself on fast track, it's according to your faith. What is your expectation? Do you expect when you get up? See, you can you can gauge this yourself. If you've ever had a pain, and and you know it kind of slows you down, you know, and you begin to speak to it and command it to leave, and you notice that it goes. Might take two or three steps, but pretty soon you're walking pain free. Amen. And so. You want the fast track then because you don't want to walk around limping all day long. It just makes sense to do that. 
And, and there's sometimes people, some people are that way with all symptoms. They just don't tolerate anything that's of the dark side in their lives, period. You'll find people that go on three-day binges of the word and don't come out until everything's taken care of. So you can do that. It's It's up to you. No person can condemn you or commend you one way or the other. It's not their business. Huh? So the process is in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. Give, give the word your full attention. You shut everything out. And that word will begin to take root in you in a way that symptoms begin to dissipate and leave because they can't occupy the same space as resurrection power. Resurrection power drives them out. Amen? It's it's like... Uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, in prison, they got the guy who's in charge of the whole pod or something. Whenever he comes out, everybody moves out of the way and gives him the seat and all that. That's resurrection power. Pushes all them lesser demons out of the way. You know, just, I'm here now. Y'all got to go. Or he don't even say anything and they just scatter. Amen. So, so resurrection power is king. Man, it's king and lord over all other powers <clears throat> healing comes because of our obedience to the to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus it has set us free from the law of sin and death so you're not under the when you disobey god you get convicted by the holy spirit to repent so you can get back in health again you can get back in his will again you're not convicted to feel bad. Conviction gives you an opportunity to confess. Amen. You ever notice some people when some people are are brought into court, they ask them how they plead guilty, not guilty, or whatever, whatever. But before they sentence, they give them an opportunity to say something. That's their confession. Amen. I mean, even though they may have confessed already to the investigators and all that, but you get a final say about your situation. That's your confession. That's what we do. Amen. We've already, we, we know what we done done. So the Holy Spirit convicts you and puts you in that seat and says, well, what do you confess? Well, Lord, I did do that, and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And they take the shackles off you and, and take that orange jumpsuit off and put you some regular clothes on. That's what happens in God's kingdom. You don't You don't get convicted so you can feel bad and go around with your head hanging down and feel like you don't deserve nothing. I don't know why people are so upset about conviction of their sins. You know you're wrong. So let's get with it. Take care of it. So when you confess, you say together with God, God, I did that. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I'm I'm, going to help me not do it no more. You know, that's where we mess up. We don't look for the help not to do it no more. But it's there. I was quiet in here. I'm going out here where this smoke is. I've been resisting this smoke all day. 
I'm just jealous because he got a barbecue pit without a hole in it. So, but <laughs> to confess means to say together with. When the Holy Spirit convicts you, He's already saying what you did, and you know what you did. So when you confess, you say together with Him, "I'm guilty. I did that, but please forgive me. I want to be cleansed from all unrighteousness." He convicts you so that you can get cleansed, so you can confess and get cleansed. Got me? So your life can work right, so you can quit stumbling over your own darkness. Healing is obedience. You heal because you're obedient to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that sets us free from the law of sin and death. So until you confess that law of sin and death is is hovering, trying to grab a hold of you. But you're free from it. But you've got to confess your way into your freedom. You know, and people, when they're given the final thing to say before they're sentenced, if they can show remorse, and people know when you're sincere. And you're not mouthing something and just saying something. You know, sometimes a judge will say stuff, well, I don't know why I'm being lenient to you, but something about your life I identify with, or I've seen many people like you come in here, and and I just am always forgiving people second chances. The judge has the ability to levy any sentence he wants within accordance of the law. So he can go on the skinny end of it and give you a light anywhere from probation or whatever unto the maximum of it, you see. And so when you're allowed to confess, it means you say together with the law, I did that. I can't give you any excuses for it. All I can say is I am sorry I did it. And I would like to be forgiven and restored. And if you can do that according to God's covenant, you are forgiven and restored from all unrighteousness. Which means you don't have a memory of it to keep tripping you up in your life now. All unrighteousness means just that. He sweeps your brain clean of self-condemnation, religious spirit nonsense, fake doctrine. I never knew that before. Read your Bible and meditate on it and understand what God's done for you. You understand what I'm saying? Just grab on to it because it's for you. It's to help you. It's to help you. Listen, life is hard enough without us carrying burden, sin, nonsense, guilt, condemnation for stuff we did in third grade. And the devil will make you carry every burden you've ever had in your life and then you keep stumbling through life. The Bible says God makes our way plain. He makes the crooked places straight. How does he do it? Through through righteousness. Imputed righteousness. His righteousness on our lives because we've confessed our sins. 
And we want to skip over stuff and start being ministers. Of what? Because we ain't got it ourselves halfway. What does this power do? Romans 8, 11. It raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. It imputes life to us. Let me find that. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive or quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. We've all felt that. You felt that inner quickening. When you read the Bible and something comes across in there that is for you, it becomes alive. Your spirit gets quickened. It says, pay attention to this. This is for you. Make note. Underline it. Everybody with old Bibles, we got highlighters and all that yellow highlighting in the Bible. Amen. That's that's quickening. You were quickened to do that. Amen. You weren't just underlining, trying to make it look good. Huh? In case you pass away suddenly and then they take your Bible out and they say, oh, she was saved. Messing with you. All right, Matthew 28. (laughs) Well, you know, some people don't live it. At least you got a record somewhere. I was living it for a minute there. Let's go to Matthew 18, 18. Truly I say to you, whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. That's resurrection power does that. It gives you the power of binding and loosing. Amen. Heaven backs you up. You can go around and talk to stuff all day long, but until resurrection power gets loose in your life, you're just talking. Amen? But it backs you up. Heaven backs you up in these things. Matthew 28, 18. All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. So he delegates it to us. And under this power, we go forth and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you. Do that. I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. Amen. Gives new life to our mortal bodies. So you you shouldn't just succumb. To anything that's going to try to take you out of here because your family had it. You have a new life on the inside of you. It has quickened your mortal body. This body you live in now. And you're not subject to the, what they call generational curses and all that old nonsense stuff. You know, we're a chosen generation. You're not a cursed generation. Amen? Tell them, to, no, that ain't for me, honey. I don't know where you get that stuff from, but I'm a chosen generation. Amen? And so we are chosen to live in resurrection life and power. This resurrection life and power has crushed Satan's head. Genesis 3.15, it was prophesied that the son of, uh, that Adam and Eve would have a son that would come later and crush the devil's head, and he did that. Having spoiled principalities and powers, Ephesians 4.11. He, uh, let me read that, grab it real quick. 
or not so quick. <laughs> I got it. And it says here that he descended, he that descended is the same person that ascended, and he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah, he led captivity captive. I'm sorry. Yeah. All right. So he says here, is that in 11? For the perfecting of the saints and for the work of the ministry. So he led that which had captured us captive. So there's no power now that can force you to do evil. There's no power now that can force you to do wickedness. Because that power was already, that's, that power has been captivated by the power, resurrection power that dwells in you. Amen. If Jesus stripped them of all their power and all their authority. And he gave the power and authority over that to us, to the church. Amen. So really, they are our captives. You can't have it both ways. You can't get weak and say, oh, I, you know, I, I when I grew up, I was this and I was that. No, that power has already been defeated and captivated by the power that you have in you now. You just need to use it the right way. Quit letting the devil deceive you. I'm weak and I can't do this. Well, see, I don't know as much scripture. Use what you know. You got John 3.16, I guess. Use that to death. Amen? Or to life. Whatever you want to do. It causes us to triumph always in Christ Jesus. Colossians 2.15. We have power over serpents and scorpions. Mark 16.18. It raised us from the dead. Amen. Acts 9.40. All through the book of Acts you see operations of people being raised from the dead. Resurrection power was also in Peter's shadow. Amen. People would just walk behind him and his shadow falling on them would heal them. And so we have a great deal here, folks, to meditate on as to what we have. Amen. You don't, you're not a failure. You're not weak. You're not sick. You're none of those things. You are healed by Jesus stripes and loose the resurrection power of God in you to accomplish the work amen so you're on the road of accomplishing you're not on the road of of giving in to anything devil can't kill you if he could he'd have killed you a long time ago he was mad at us before we were born amen so so he has no authority to take your life mine either amen all right. Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for giving us understanding of who we are and what we are to do. That we use the resurrection power that you have given us to accomplish the things that we need in this life and we thank you for it. Father, we thank you that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also quicken your mortal, our mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in us. So, Lord, we honor you and we thank you and we bless you and we praise you for keeping us whole and healthy even through this pandemic. I thank you, Lord, that you brought us forth with silver and gold and there's not one feeble person among us. 
we all have our jobs, we all have our homes, we all have our bills paid, we all have everything that we need. So we thank you, Father, for what you have done for us and you are yet to do. And we declare our confession, I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. Thank you, Father. That by the stripes of your son Jesus, I am healed. I am saved. I am delivered. I am uh, disease free. Disease cannot get me. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. So be it. Amen. Praise the Lord.